It has been two years, ten months, and twelve days since I last treated a patient. I have three questions today, all coming from Naveen. The first one, what's the deal with shoes and stuff like walking? Should we be using overprotective shoes or go more flat foot shoes? Um, <clears throat> this is a question that gets brought up a lot. Uh, and in fact, there's not really a lot of evidence to say any one shoe is better than the other, as you might have guessed what I'm going to say next. It really comes down to each individual. Uh, one of the key factors to, to think about is that if you've been wearing cushioned shoes or shoes in, in even you know in the house or at all times, the the foot will adapt to that concept of having that extra protection, and so it doesn't have to work anywhere near as hard as if you were just running around barefoot your entire life. Uh, but when it comes to making claims about shoes that are optimal, uh, it's kind of a fraught area. Uh, many years ago, I, I was invited to the Brooks Running Shoe Company uh, Biomechanics Lab, and they were in the process of developing um, a, more or less like a very, very generic motion tracking uh, platform to be able to have people run on a treadmill and then recommend uh, a style of shoe and that, that would be you know more ideal for, for that type of a person. Uh, and the, what the biomechanics, the head of the biomechanics lab had said during that time was that they figured one of the best places to start with what an optimal running gait or running pattern would look like is to go to the professionals to take screenshot captures of many different Olympic marathon runners and how they would hit the ground when they were running uh, and how they would push off, like all of the phases of, of walking. And what they ended up finding is that with this giant collection of, of screenshots frozen in time is there is no optimal way to run. It's very dependent upon the person. And that can come from situations like, well, some people compensate in, in some ways, other people compensate in others. It can come from uh, this person may have the sloppiest looking gait, but they don't ever have any injuries, uh, whereas another person can have the most perfect looking gait, but then injure themselves all the time. It it, it really just comes down to it's all kind of a crapshoot. Um, <clears throat> if you do want to make a transition to more of an unsupported shoe, uh, for whatever reason, the the key factors to start paying attention to with that is that you really have to be do a very slow and gradual transition. Uh, there's lots of muscles in the feet and, and around the ankles, and most of them are very small, and they're not great big giant power muscles like, say, your biceps are. Uh, you can't just run around barefoot for as long as you can and expect to come out okay. Um, it's variable from person to person about how much time per day you spend without any kind of support. Uh, and again, this is always, as always, not medical advice, but uh, you want to you go with a very gradual transition. And again, this is just up to choice. It's up to you whether or not you want to make this pursuit. Uh, the evidence is, isn't, isn't terribly strong one way or the other. Second question. Why does adding more weight sometimes feel better than less weight in lifting exercises? Uh, really, what that has to do with is the, the more weight there is uh, pulling you towards the ground through gravity, the, the more you have to engage some of your big prime mover muscles, uh, 
for the most part, prime mover muscles generally have a focus in one of our three planes of movement. That three planes of movement is, I, I, I'm, I'm generalizing, there is no such thing as movement that doesn't occur in all three planes where three-dimensional beings, but prime movers for the most part are just kind of big, dumb, strong. They aren't meant to be precise, they aren't meant to be uh, specific, they they can create an artificial level of stability, but really what it comes down to is when you add a whole bunch more weight, you can't necessarily rely on the stabilizer muscles because they're being overwhelmed by the amount of weight that you're using. So when, when, you, when you make the statement that it, it sometimes feels better with less weight is it's actually letting you cheat. It's, it's letting you fall into patterns that are more familiar, not necessarily better. Uh, the majority of the weightlifting exercises that that we do, when you when you have weight, the the direction of the the mass is moving in, in in one direction. It's going towards the ground, and so our body tends to be uh, acclimated to this concept of raw power to go up in the air, as in resist gravity, but a lot more precise movement is is required a lot more stability is is required a lot more of the minute muscles the more precise muscles are required for moving around throughout your day uh, when you start to drop weight in 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 mass with the lifting exercises you start to actually expose a, a lack of stability a lack of control a lack of utilization of those little tiny stabilizers that's not always <clears throat> excuse me uh that's not always true. Uh, you know, again, everybody is always going to be different. But suffice it to say, uh, more often than not, if you can't reduce weight, do an extremely slow motion version of an exercise with perfect control, then there's no, then you really shouldn't be adding any kind of extra mass to it. Because all you're doing is just allowing those prime movers to, to hide the deficits of the tiny stabilizers. Again, not medical advice, but it is something to consider. And the third one today, why does exercise sometimes help us feel better? I found that when I'm in a bad mood and I engage in a workout, the ending result is a much better outlook. It isn't a flawless solution, but it helps more than it doesn't. There's a lot of research that supports this, and there's a lot of speculation as to what the underlying uh, cause of that feeling better after workout is. Uh, it's a really strong presence in humanity. Uh, when we at, when we're looking at that high level, statistically, most people feel better after exercise. There, that's true. Uh, that's been 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 well established in research. But every time you try to get more and more specific in terms of the human body and research, uh, causa causative relationships start to break down, and this isn't any different. Uh, some people will talk about how, well, there's a flood of endorphins that come with exercise, and those are some of your feel-good chemicals. Um, some people would speculate that there is a sense of accomplishment, uh, like you've completed a task, and especially one that we generally look at as a, a healthy option for us to do. So then you get the, the dopamine hit of that, that reward mechanism. Uh, when I was in PT school, one one of the anatomy professors was, uh, his background was very much in evolutionary anatomy. And so he, he would always add in little snippets of information 
that uh, were found to be, you know, ev evolutionary remnants as things would change over time. And, and one of the things that he he had stated at, at, at one point in time is the concept of when we were hunter and gatherers, uh, when we're running around chasing food, um, that is that is exercise, right? Fundamentally, running around all day is 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 exercise. Certainly, finding a game trail is a level of uh, success, right? That that means that that is a supply of food. So there becomes a reward mechanism that comes with survival in that case, uh, and having that that reward mechanism kick in when exercising. Uh, potentially is something that could help motivate somebody to to go do said exercise in the case of hunting and gathering. Uh, but for 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 what it is, um, there's nothing really to question about it. If it if it makes you feel better, you can use it as as a tool. Uh, it's a fairly effective tool at combating things like depression in many people. Um, sometimes it can combat anxiety. Uh, Sometimes it's just a matter of it's filling time, and then when you're done, you get the secondary benefit of whatever it is or whatever many things that are, that are occurring physiologically inside us. But for the most part, uh, if you're one of those many, most people who fit into the category of exercise makes you feel better, use it. Run with it. Uh, it's, it's a tragic scenario when exercise makes people feel worse because it's demotivating to do something that is generally more healthy than not. Um, with all that said, I hope you find that helpful, Naveen. Listeners, if you're a healthcare provider of any kind and you're willing to be interviewed, or if you have a question you would like to ask, you can reach me at nerdhealth at gmail.com or on Twitter at nerd4health. That is nerd, the number four, health. And until next time, I ask all of you to join me in taking a little time each day to try to learn something new or grow as a person in some small way. Signing off for today.